0: Whatever you hope will happen in your next breath or the next day or the next year will be experienced by a different you, the future you. The only iteration of you that matters is the present you, who has just taken a breath. Hi and welcome to Philosopher Insights, my name is Herb Lamba. Today we're discussing The Earned Life, Lose Regret, Choose Fulfillment. The author is Marshall Goldsmith and Mark Ryder. This book is published in 2022. I want to share a number of my favorite insights, starting with the Every Breath Paradigm, Inertia, Action, Ambition, Aspiration, The Building Blocks of Discipline, Life Review Plan, and Paying the Price. So let's start with the introduction. Quote, My premise is that our lives toggle back and forth between two emotional polarities. At one pole is the emotion we know as fulfillment. We judge our internal sense of fulfillment against six factors that I can call fulfillers. Purpose, meaning, achievement, relationships, engagement, and happiness. These are the guideposts that dictate all our striving in life. We think that if we can create an equivalence between A. The choices, risks, and effort we made in pursuing the six fulfillers and B. The reward we receive for doing so, we will achieve a lasting sense of fulfillment. As if we've discovered that our world is fair and just. We remind ourselves, I wanted it, I worked for it, and my reward was equal to my effort. In other words, I earned it. It is a simple dynamic that describes much of our striving in life. But as we shall see, it offers us an incomplete picture of an earned life. Regret is the polar opposite of fulfillment. Regret is a devilish cocktail of agency. Our regrets are ours to create. They're not foisted upon us by others, and imagination. We have to visualize making a different choice in our past that delivers a more appealing outcome now. Regret is totally within our control, at least in terms of how often We invite it into our lives and how long we let it stick around. Our official policy on regret in these pages is to accept the inevitability but reduce its frequency. Our primary theme is achieving a life of fulfillment, what I call an earned life. We are living an earned life when the choices, risks, and effort we make in each moment align with an overarching purpose in our lives, regardless of the eventual outcome. Something truly earned makes three simple requirements of us. One, we make our best choice supported by the facts and the clarity of our goals. Two, we accept the risk involved. And three, we put out maximum effort. End quote. That is from the introductory chapter of The Earned Life by Marshall Goldsmith. I genuinely enjoyed this book and look forward to reading many of his other books because The Earned Life is full of incredible wisdom. Goldsmith argues that we should all strive to live a life free of regret where we feel like we've truly earned our success and accomplishments. He lays out this idea brilliantly, and I couldn't agree more. It's a powerful concept that's available to anyone who's willing to put in the work and make the necessary changes. Quote, In these pages, we will see that an earned life makes only a few demands of us. Live your own life, not someone else's version of it. Commit yourself to earning every day, make it a habit and attach your earning moments to something greater than mere personal ambition. In the end, an earned life doesn't include a trophy ceremony. The reward of living an earned life is being engaged in the process of constantly earning such a life. End quote. I am honored to share a handful of my favorite insights from this book. So let's begin. Insight number one, the every breath paradigm. Quote, at one moment, through your choices and actions, you may experience pleasure, happiness, sadness, or fear. But that specific emotion doesn't linger. With each breath, it alters, eventually vanishing. It was experienced by the previous you. Whatever you hope will happen in your next breath, or the next day, or the next year, will be experienced by a different you, the future you. The only iteration of you that matters is the present you, who has just taken a breath. End quote. The every-breath paradigm is a concept that emphasizes the impermanence of our emotions, thoughts, and material possessions. According to the author, we tend to get caught up in either reminiscing about our past successes or obsessing over some future goal, but we fail to fully appreciate and engage with the present moment. To remedy this, the author suggests that we need to cultivate a greater awareness of the here and the now. Instead of constantly dwelling on the past or fixating on the future, we should focus on being fully present in the moment. This is what most people tend to overlook or take for granted. Quote, The truth is, we are never finished earning our life. There is no hard stop moment when we can tell ourselves, I've earned enough, I'm done. We might as well stop breathing. End quote. Insight number two, inertia. Quote, Inertia is the reason I can stipulate the following rule about your immediate future. The most reliable predictor of what you will be doing five minutes from now is what you're doing now. The short-term principle also applies in the long term. The most reliable predictor of who you'll be five years from now is who you are now. End quote. If you don't actively choose to make changes, you're unlikely to see any significant improvement in your life five years down the line. You cannot afford to let that happen. There is too much at stake. Think about it. If you keep doing the same things you're doing now, you'll still be stuck in the same place five years from now. You'll still be eating the same foods you don't want to eat, working at a job you don't enjoy, and living in a place you don't want to be. The author is suggesting that we need to combat this inertia and actively choose to make changes if we want to see progress and growth in our lives. It's not enough to just go through the motions and hope for the best. Insight number three, action, ambition, aspiration. Quote, deciding what you do each day is not the same as who you want to be right now is not the same as who you want to become. End quote. I think that sentence alone stands out in this book. That is worth reading again and again until it sinks in. You need to understand this distinction to determine if you ultimately will end up living an earned life. Quote, Is what we want to become more determinative in achieving fulfillment than what we do or want to be at any given moment? The answer lies in the trio of independent variables, action, ambition, and aspiration, that govern any progress we make toward living the life we seek for ourselves. End quote. Action. Our present engagement transcends randomness. Every action, whether passive or active, is a conscious choice we make from mundane tasks to significant pursuits each holds deliberate intention shaping our lives profoundly ambition ambition is the pursuit of defined goals bound by time and measurable progress culminating in achievement aspiration is the essence of our desired self it surpasses defined goals lacking a fixed endpoint unlike ambition it extends infinitely defying measurement aspiration persists until our last breath an everlasting journey of self-discovery. Quote, it is tempting to treat ambition and aspiration as synonyms, but to me, they're not the same. Ambition is the pursuit of a specific goal with a finish line. We are X, we want to achieve Y. When we hit Y, our specific ambition ends, until we come up with our next ambitious goal. Aspiration, on the other hand, is a continuing act of self-creation and self-validation. It is not x turning into y, it is x evolving into y, then y plus, then possibly y squared. End quote. Positive lasting self-improvement emerges from the synergy of action, ambition, and aspiration. When these variables intertwine, mutually supporting each other, our potential becomes boundless. In this harmonious union, we become unstoppable forces of growth and transformation. Quote, you alone know what you're up to. You alone judge the outcome. You alone perceive the slow but steady creation of a new you, and you alone have the power to call it off. Aspiration is your best friend, whether it motivates you or tells you to stop wasting your time. It's certainly an improvement on achieving a long-held ambition only to end up asking yourself, is that all there is?" End quote. Aspiration places your future above your present, urging you to take calculated risks. It transforms you into a courageous gambler, investing your time and energy betting on a better version of yourself. This is the currency of an earned life. Insight number four, building blocks of discipline. Quote, the traditional paradigm for achieving any goal emphasizes discipline and willpower. If we want to succeed, we must A, religiously follow a plan, and B, resist any distraction that tempts us off the plan. Discipline supplies the power to say yes every day to doing the hard stuff. Willpower provides the determination to say no to the bad stuff. Of all the personal qualities we overestimate in ourselves, our intelligence, our discretion, our driving skill, our willingness to take criticism, our punctuality, our wit, to name a few, discipline and willpower rank first. We've got failed diets and unused gym memberships and uncracked foreign language primers to prove it. End quote. After years of extensive research and a multitude of written works on the subject, it has been emphasized time and again that achieving superhero-level success merely requires the unwavering discipline to carry out necessary tasks and the resolute willpower to refrain from engaging in detrimental activities. Marshall Goldsmith challenges this assumption. Quote, The new template of actions offers a reinterpretation of discipline and willpower in our life we tend to think of these two noble but overgeneralized attributes as the essential skill that delivers success. I suggest they're not. Rather, they are the evidence of our success, qualities we only recognize after the fact. In a gross oversimplification, we label them as discipline and willpower, or grit, resilience, perseverance, stick-to-itiveness, pluck, spine, tenacity, moral fiber, determination, and so on. Concepts so unique and precise should not have so many synonyms." From the author's perspective, the fundamental elements of discipline and willpower can be substituted with more tangible building blocks—compliance, accountability, follow-up, and measurement. By adopting these replacements, they assert that you can establish a structured framework for pursuing any goal. First up, we've got compliance. Which is all about owning up to those expectations others throw at us. It's like saying, hey world, I got this. Then there's accountability, our trusty sidekick. It's our way of saying, I set the bar for myself and I'm darn well gonna jump over it. Who needs a personal trainer when you've got self-imposed expectations, right? But wait, there's more. Enter follow-up. The secret weapon in the game of success. Suddenly, people start checking in on us, valuing our opinions, And treating us like the VIPs we are. It's like being a celebrity with a team of personal assistants. Minus the red carpet, of course. And last but not least, we've got measurement. The true indicator of our priorities. Remember what you measure speaks louder than the things you ignore. It's like having a big neon sign pointing at what truly matters to you. Forget about the rest. Focus on what counts. Insight number five. Feed forward. Quote, Feed forward is a word I started using after a conversation with John Katzenbach when I began coaching CEOs. It was my counterpart to feedback, the more common term for an exchange of workplace opinion. Whereas feedback comprises people's opinion of your past behavior, feed forward represents other people's ideas that you should be using in the future. End quote. Oh, now we're talking. This is pure genius wrapped up in super simplicity. So here's the deal. If there's a behavior you want to change, all you have to do is follow these steps. First, pick that behavior and spill the beans to at least one other person you trust. Share your grand plans for change and get ready for some brainstorming action. Next, be open-minded and ask that person for suggestions. Listen up, but hold back on the judgment. They might have some brilliant ideas or creative hacks up their sleeve. Just take it all in. Now here comes the most crucial part. Accept those suggestions and promise to do what you can. And finally, commit to repeating the process. Keep the conversation flowing, keep the ideas flowing, and keep that change train chugging along. Insight number five, life plan review. Quote, the objective of the life plan review or the LPR is to close the gap between what you plan to do in your life and what you actually get done. The LPR is an exercise in self-monitoring. You are asked to conduct a weekly review of your effort to earn the life you claim to desire. It measures how hard you try, presuming your lapses rather than your steadfastness, honoring the likelihood that you will fall short of perfection most weeks. How much fallibility, denial, and inertia you are willing to accept in your life and what you will do about it is solely up to you. The LPR asks only that you pay attention to your level of trying. There is no earning without heroic effort, end quote. I absolutely love this idea. It truly brings to the forefront one of my all-time favorite words, awareness. It's like having a powerful magnifying glass that allows you to closely examine your intentions and shines a bright spotlight on what you're actually achieving. It's a remarkable tool for self-reflection and growth. To truly grasp the full details, I highly recommend immersing yourself in the book. However, let me give you a quick rundown of the concept. It revolves around asking yourself a series of thought-provoking questions that begin with, did I do my best to? this is the primary benefit of the LPR. In a matter of weeks, you'll notice how brutally it forces you to confront the tough question. What did I actually do this week to make progress on my goals? Given our tendencies for superior planning, but inferior doing, this is a question we prefer to avoid. End quote. Insight number six, pay the price. Quote, to pursue any kind of fulfilling life, especially an earned life, you have to pay the price. Some of us are willing to pay that price, others are not, for reasons that are compelling, but also, when all is said and done, regrettable. End quote. So imagine if you strolled up to the legendary John Maxwell and boldly declared to him, hey John, I want to do exactly what you do. You know, writing books and rocking the stage with your incredible speaking skills. And do you know what John responds with? He coolly says, All right, my friend. Are you ready to do exactly what I did for all those years to do what I do today? And that is the moment when you see people retreat faster than a cheetah chasing its lunch. Quote, To make smarter choices about when to pay the price and when to pass, we first have to resolve the omnipresent dichotomy of delayed gratification versus instant gratification. For example, you want to get up early to exercise before heading off to work. The alarm goes off at 5.45am. Do you pause for a moment? Tempted by the instant gratification of staying in bed for another half an hour of sleep. Whether or not the workout triumphs over sleep. This is just the first of many times you'll have to resolve delayed versus instant gratification dichotomy today. End quote. All right, my fellow choice warriors, in the never-ending battle of decision-making, I've got a secret weapon that'll blow your mind. Prepare yourselves for Mel Robbins' lethal weapon, the one and only five-second rule. Trust me, it's about to become your new best friend. Whenever you find yourself stuck in this treacherous realm of decision-making, just remember this one simple trick. Count backwards like a rocket launching into space. Five, four, three, two, one, and voila. You've unleashed the power to make the better choice for your life. And there you have it, my friends. That wraps up the delightful nuggets of wisdom I wanted to dish out from this fantastic book. It was challenging to handpick my absolute favorites and squeeze them into this podcast while keeping it within my coveted 20-minute mark. Goldsmith, being the genius that he is, wraps up each chapter with these mind-blowing exercises that are like a cherry on top of the Insights Sunday. They're designed to hammer home the lessons he imparts throughout the book. Quote, In the end, an earned life doesn't include a trophy ceremony or permit an extended victory lap. The reward of an earned life is being engaged in the process of constantly earning such a life, end quote. And with those parting words, we've reached the end of the book. I sincerely hope you enjoyed today's episode and found it as enlightening as I did. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing the insights with you. Until we meet again, take care, stay curious, and keep embracing the wonders of knowledge. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Landlick. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.